welcome to the Pulse podcast. Today is Friday the 8th of July and I'm back. Um, I've been away for the last six weeks so I want to thank my amazing colleagues for filling in for me. Um, so my name is Stacey Knott, I'm a senior reporter with Pulse Ghana and in the studio today we have... Kwame Boache, Pulse Sports. Sana Kwashi, online editor. Malo Quest, Pulse Business. Magdalene Teokolanyo, News. Okay, welcome everyone and thanks for listening. If you're a first time listener, we do a weekly podcast here in Ghana where we speak about the main news that we've been covering on Pulse Ghana. Uh, we look at uh, international business, politics, entertainment, sports and whatever else we feel like. So we're going to kick things off with news. Magdalene, you're our woman for that. So I think two of the biggest stories we've reported on this week um, were the NDC announcing their campaign team. Yes, um, so the leader of the NDC, who is our president as well, so President Mahama, announced his 15-member campaign team for the um, 2016 campaign. Their campaign is supposed to start somewhere this month because they possibly have up to November. Um, the person leading the team is General Mosquito. General Mosquito. And he's the general secretary of the party. I mean, people have, or political analysts have said that he was a good choice by the president because General Mosquito, aside rising through the ranks, he's also raised himself as a good politician. He's studied it. He's able to walk into the gutters, not literally, but he's able to if it's time to get into the gutters, he's able to. Mm -hmm. When it's time to be mm -hmm. diplomatic, he's also able to do that. How did he get his yeah. name? How he got his name? Mm. He's very tiny. Okay. Actually, he's very lanky. I think that's the thing. Okay. But he's uh, dangerous. Kwame wants to okay. say something? No, I was talking about the claims. Just so he's very lanky, and that's why people call him General Mosquito. But he also knows his job. He's been helped by the National um, Organizer of the party, Kofi Adams. Kofi Adams has also done so well for the party. He's learned a lot. He learned at the feet of the um, former president, Rawlings. So that makes him also a very good person to campaign for them. There are other people as well. The, the team tried to cut across regions. So there's, mm -hmm. almost, there's a fair balance of people from every region in the team um the team is expected to draw up strategies to get ndc retained in um november after november 7. we hope they are able to do that because they have npp to work on or to match mm -hmm. and npp also has a strong campaign team mm -hmm. i think they have a 23 member campaign okay. team yes and we how many is an ndc 15. 15 okay. yes so they NPP is led by Peter McMenu, mm. and McMenu is also a political stalwart. I mean, mm. he's been doing politics before Isidun Ketia came. So if that is anything to go by, if the oldest wins, then McMenu does. But if the smartest wins, then I leave it for the two so that it shows us who is the smartest. That notwithstanding, we are hoping to see a political season of issue-based campaigns. Right, rather than scaremongering yeah, and... Yeah, yeah baseless allegations, which kind of has been the case so far from what I've seen. Yeah, yeah. But, but then on uh, scaremongering and baseless accusations, I, I, I don't know much, but my beloved MPP seems to be doing a lot of that recently, mm -hmm. because then, again, they're trying to feed on people's, um, should I say, anger and mm -hmm. general resistance to the NDC government. Mama and the NDC has been in power for about uh, eight years consecutively mm -hmm. now. Oh, no, actually more than eight. No, eight. No, eight. Okay, yeah, eight years consecutive now, and then they... The country just seems to be falling more and more into deeper 
what else? Let me put it that way, just to be frank or to be a little lenient mm. to Mahama. Mm. And you see, that's the thing. I have said this so many times. NPP is beginning to not uh, make their argument to become the ruling party in 26 in in the next election based on issues. Mm. It's now being based on okay. Mahama is corrupt. So it's more reactionary. Exactly. It, right. It's becoming like Mahama is corrupt. Mahama mm-hmm. is this. They are trying to work on what people are already okay. thinking, mm-hmm. which basically doesn't work very well for the Ghanaian scene. You are basically just trying to remind them of what they already know. And people now are beginning to become, become more, uh, should I say, discerning mm-hmm. when it comes to voting. Mm-hmm. And when they, they see that your message doesn't have any clear direction, but it's just an attack at the other person, it's like the whole Trump thing. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm hoping uh, US doesn't vote for Trump, and I'm also hoping that. That does not uh, reflect in Ghana because I'm hoping people vote for MPP. But I think the MPP needs to go back into the old days where they talk about actual issues and not just try to attack the other party. Just as an aside, that's Senna's own opinion. Pulse is non-partisan. <laughs> well, I, I, that, like I stated, it's my own opinion. Mm-hmm. It's my own thoughts about MPP. Okay. And it's not Pulse. So I just want to move on to the other main news story we have, and that was a stampede in Kumasi. Yes, um, that happened on Wednesday. No, on Thursday dawn. Yeah. Okay. So, um, you know, Wednesday was Eid for the Muslims. And then afterwards, they have a celebration where most Muslims gather, just like Christians do during Easter, mm-hmm. where they gather, there's so much to eat, drink, and all of that. And what we've gathered is that the organizers had arranged with the police or the municipal assembly to close the celebration by 7.30 mm-hmm. and then they should have packed up and left the place by 8 p.m. Mm-hmm. But the police had to come in around 9 to sack the people. So after sacking them from the originally agreed venue, they moved to their, their Aswase community center, which wasn't an agreed venue, which the police didn't know about, the municipal assembly also didn't know about. And so they didn't, they had no idea there was anything going on there. And then at dawn around 2 a.m. or 3 a.m. on Thursday, they hear there's been a stampede and people have died. Mm-hmm. There's been um, various stories or narrations as to what happened. Some people said it was caused, there were groups that fought, which brought about that issue. Others also said our favorite doom song happened and then the meter sparked and people got scared and were running so there are various stories Mm. people don't really know what it is Mm. but the um asokwamampo municipal um, assembly has organized a security meeting they've started investigations Mm -hmm. we know that nine people died and six others got injured but um they are trying to get the people as an identified the dead bodies mm-hmm. so that their families can bury because they, they believe most of those people who died if not all are muslims mm-hmm. and per the muslim tradition i mean they should have been buried by close of day mm-hmm. to day mm-hmm. so they are trying to do all those things so that such things do not happen again and the member of parliament of the area also says that they were hoping that this thing doesn't happen in the area again because it's something that happens a lot of the time though people do not die but there's always a stampede after eat right so they were hoping it didn't happen again and then instead of hoping and being careful, careful it just happened yeah. again so we don't know what so they would do to ensure it doesn't happen again but i mean losing six nine lives 
every eight mm-hmm. you can just imagine mm. that would be a number okay so that's one we will definitely keep an eye on yeah. thank you very much for that and you mentioned doom saw which is um, the next thing that we're going to speak about for our business reporter quest yes. so the two main stories that we have for um, business this week is doom saw back in my house it is um, <laughs> and also subsidies that are being offered on um, electricity bills yeah Okay, so is Doomsaw back? That's a question most Ghanaians are trying to answer. Yeah, has, has everyone been having yeah. lights out? Yeah. It's back. Yeah. Yeah. And it's definitely back in my house, but the president says it's not back. Then it's not back. <laughs> the, <laughs> we're, the, we're imagining but, it. But I do not believe the president right now mm-hmm. um, because of his communication background. He thinks he can do PR with almost everything. But this is this is something that every Ghanaian feels in their homes, and there's an underlying problem. We have a uh, generation shortfall in terms of the power supply of mm-hmm. about 300 megawatts. Um, it's because Sahara gas or Sahara oil who supply us light crude oil to power thermal plants have not been able to supply the right amounts for the past two weeks because of disruptions to the uh, West African gas pipeline. So the problem is there. We don't have light crude to power thermal plants. So that is also proven. Then the president comes to tell us that the energy crisis is not back. And before he said this yesterday, that was a Wednesday during the Eid celebration, his deputy power minister told us and told um, other sister radio stations that if the gas, if the light crude oil supply from Sahara gas in Nigeria does not come by the end of this week, a load shedding timetable will be released. Mm. I mean, we have record of that right. noise and all. So, what exactly is the president saying? Because he he didn't just say that Doomsday is not back. He said we are not going to shed load, and no load shedding timetable will be released. But you see, so I don't expect Quest to be so surprised because mm. um, I mean we've been in this situation before where the power minister would say, "Oh, Doomsday is over," and then the next person says. No, it's not. Yeah. We have something else to do. Mm-hmm. And then the VRA boss says something else. Mm. And then President Muhammad says something else. Mm. And then it looks like, but no they are supposed to know. To each other, yeah. Yeah. Yes. So uh, for us, I, I don't. I think we should just take what happens in our homes as yeah. what it is. Yeah. For, for me, I'm not personally surprised. The only thing is they should get their communication right. And also all the three quarters, the, the, the power providers themselves, the technocrats on the ground, Volta River Authority, VRA, have a different motivation. This is to say either we are not the problem or there's a problem so everybody in your house is get a plan mm-hmm. B. The president's motivation is to save face because for the past three years he's promised that before the elections the power crisis will be solved. Mm-hmm. Only for you in January to say the power crisis has been solved some three or four months down the line. We and are it was back. so he good for a while. <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah. you know what I fear? I fear mm. for the future mm. because this is an election year. Mm-hmm. We know they are doing everything in their possible mm. best to keep this together. Yeah. And look at what is happening now. Yeah. Mm. They kept it from January to I think June, yeah. and now we are in trouble. Mm. So what happens in 2017? Mm. No matter who is elected to come into power, mm. if it is the NDC, if it is the MPP, Ghanaians are going to suffer issue. because this is the point they want to try and at least keep it on from January to November mm-hmm. until after voting mm-hmm. and look at what is happening. Yeah. They can't do it because the problem has not been solved. Mm-hmm. 
we are not thinking about the future. Talking about the future, look at how getting to the end of last year, we were admonishing people to get to solar. Those who could mm. afford mm. and some other things. Yeah. In January, we stopped because yeah. we thought Dunso is gone. No, no, yeah. But to be fair, though, we've not stopped because the last report we did with the uh, energy ministry was that they were giving out free solar panels. Mm -hmm. But you have to buy your own batteries and your own uh, inverters. Chris, okay. I'm talking about the lay person. The amount of times it was being drummed in our ears to get solar into our lives mm -hmm. has now decreased. Mm. But I, I've not heard solar in the past three months. Mm. Do you get yeah, it? That's a good and idea. We need to get that, back on that bandwagon. Mm. Yeah, talking yeah. about that, this doom saw and our traffic lights. Mm. Mm. I stood at the traffic junction for about 20 minutes. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I couldn't cross mm. because the traffic lights were mm. off. Right. Th there's a story coming up on that. Mm. I'll be doing a story on that, so you just mm. watch out. Mm. The traffic lights were off, and then these little children who wiped the screens off drivers during mm. the day, they were directing traffic. Wow. Can you imagine? They tried their best. They stop it, then they come to you for some form of money, mm -hmm. but they tried their best. Some people weren't listening. They just passing by. So wow. I was afraid. So what are we doing as a country? Mm -hmm. Doom so, sunlight, whatever form of energy yeah. how are we trying to manage yeah. our energy crisis yeah. i yeah. fear for ghanaians in 2017 okay. yeah uh, the other issue about solar though is that right now it is it is still very expensive mm -hmm. because well it's cheaper than 10 years ago thanks to the chinese you've gotten mm -hmm. a cheaper alternative to but it's still very expensive mm -hmm. what the energy ministry is trying to do is they give you the panel and you buy the batteries and invert so is anyone eligible for that yes they've given about 500 out so far they're okay. supposed to give out 200,000. Right. so that that is still in the works but for now there's an energy um crisis and it, it looks like as um kwame said every decision government is doing or is it making as far as energy is concerned, is towards the elections. Mm -hmm. And this is where your subsidies Exactly. I was coming to mm. that. Not, I mean, what does government take take us for? Really? Okay, so if you can just tell our listeners about these subsidies, if we haven't yeah. heard about them already. Okay, so basically this is what happened. Um, Ghanaians have been lamenting over high electricity costs for mm -hmm. two years now. The little background to that is this. Um, in order to solve the three-year protracted energy crisis, we brought in power badges, one from Turkey, one from Dubai. Mm -hmm. They are supposed to run on crude oil, and we are supposed to pay the service charges. Lots of money, about uh, close to $5 billion in all. They are, going to, they are going to run that $5 million, they are going to run that for two years. Now, where is that money going to come from? It's going to come from our bills. So automatically, when the power stabilized using these methods, automatically our bills went up. Mm -hmm. And for close to two years now, Ghanaians have been complaining about the levels of their bills. Mm -hmm. Government did nothing. In fact, government's response has been that if you want stable power, someone ought to pay for it, and you will have to pay for mm -hmm. it. Then three months to uh, yes. elections our president comes to say you know we are we listen to mm. people mm. you know we we are a responsive mm. government so we are going to take some of the cost of electricity right. and it's going to be in uh, it's going to be till December mm. and, the, <laughs> okay. and, and the yeah. election is in November okay. November 7th so that's the point there are so many ramifications mm. to this one of the major challenges we had in the, uh, with our economy was because there were too many subsidies Okay, that was not targeted. It was on fuel, it was on energy. The World Bank says in our three-year bailout program, halt that because that is an expenditure you can't back mm -hmm. with revenue. But 
three months to the to the election, you've brought subsidies back. And the president, in order to run away from these accusations of going taking us back to economic doldrums with crazy expenditure, he says it's not subsidies. Mm -hmm. It's not. <laughs> we are just realigning. And what he realigning is such <laughs> political speak, isn't it? <laughs> What, what he means by realigning is this. Poor people who are in the lifeline bracket in terms of demand for electricity using one bulb and one appliance will always fall in the 0 to 55 kilowatts expenditure group. They pay, they pay 34 um, pesos per kilowatt. So you are in 55 group. And then if, they, if you consume 55 plus one extra, all of a sudden you are not paying... 34 anymore you're paying 66 for one for one um, um kilowatt that was before mm. now in the realigning they are saying okay fine even if you spend 50 every human being every Ghanaian will get the lifeline charge of 34 and anything else extra you consume will now be on 66 mm. it's kind of technical to understand but it's like when you before when you when you consume one more kilowatt everything that you used is 66 per one okay but now the first um level 55 is is charged um on 34 pesos then the extra bottom line is that government will spend 50 million dollars every month yes to yes, to subsidize. It's not subsidies. Fifty uh, <laughs> realigned to to pay to pay for this. Yeah, now the question the is, where is government going to get this from? Not long ago, government over the years granted subsidies that I couldn't pay for, mm -hmm. and we paid for mm -hmm. it. They call them the um, emergency mm -hmm. energy sector levy. Okay, so it's like the so government is telling us ahead it. of the elections. He is going to pay. Yeah. Then after the elections, so we are going to Yeah, pay. it's going to come back. It's never increased taxes. I think it's a concept for Okay, I think we're going to... Um I think we're going to move on, mm -hmm. speaking of maybe politics in a different country. <laughs> and actually, um, I'm going to play an interview with a colleague journalist of mine um, in the UK. So he's also from New Zealand. So please bear with the accent. Um, so he lives in Scotland. His name is Rory McKinnon, and he is going to talk to us about Brexit, which has happened over the last week and a half, I believe, two weeks, mm -hmm. um, as well as... Uh, the Iraq report that's just come out where um, Tony Blair, it was judgment day for him um, for leading Britain into a war that was deemed, quote, unnecessary. Here's the interview with Rory. So Rory, you've been following these crazy changes in the UK over the past few weeks, particularly with Brexit. I have. Um, I have. Uh, although it's not really a change yet, which is the weird thing. It's this whole um, limbo state of very, very uh, grandiose, you might want to call it, or traumatic um, things that have been announced, um, depending on your perspective. Um, but nothing that's actually translated into action, at least as far as the political establishment. As you say, um, Brexit or Britain's exit from the European Union is the, um, the biggest thing because obviously uh, that will have a huge impact on everything from Britain's position uh, geopolitically, through to its economy, um, through to even the, the political internal stability of the United Kingdom itself, um, with regard to Northern Ireland mm -hmm. and Scotland. This election, this referendum result, uh, which is going to have a lot of effects that people here haven't even begun to consider or be aware of. Mm -hmm. um, everything from, say, flood defences in mm -hmm. Blackpool, 
which is an area that actually voted uh, in favour of leaving the European Union. Okay. But its flood defences that keep it from going underwater have been paid for for the last decades by this. Right. Um, then, so as I say, this is one example of a whole bunch of issues that are tied mm. up with having had this administrative body for our country and all these other countries that is now no longer there and there's no infrastructure to do it. Okay. And the other thing I wanted to quickly ask you about was um, this week the report, the um, inquiry into the Iraq war came out and it was quite critical and damning of former Prime Minister Tony Blair. So we've written about this quite extensively on Pulse, but I just wanted to hear from you as someone who's in the UK at the moment, um, if you can just kind of describe what people have been saying there and what the atmosphere was like um, after the report came out. Of course. Um, well, bearing in mind that this report was only actually finally published yesterday, and I suspect most of the journalists who were at the press briefing um, still haven't finished reading it. It is 11 volumes in effect. Right. About 2 million words, isn't it? Pages. Mm. No, sorry, not pages. 2 million words. Um, but to be honest, I think a lot of it is a foregone conclusion as far as the, the public is concerned. Um, Um, an interview with myself and Rory McKinnon, an old colleague of mine from New Zealand. Mm -hmm. uh, we're going to move to entertainment. Okay. So David Marley is um, on leave at the yes. moment. Things have exploded this week in the music industry. Mm -hmm. I think I'm going to leave this with you, Sam. Um, so basically, it's um, it's it's a, it was supposed to be a Sarkozy versus EL fight. But it's now a Sarkozy versus Manifest versus JSO versus EO versus Gemini versus everybody fight. It's like versus the whole of Ghana Twitter fight. So um, I think Sarkozy released a, a, a song, a visual, an audiovisual song called Bossy, which basically he claims he's the boss of Ghana music, and uh, he made some claims that he is the king of Ghana rap. Um, most people keep saying that Sagoda didn't, uh, should I say, diss, names. Yeah, didn't diss, uh, m manifest or mention his name, but he rather gave manifest a prop at the end of the song, because apparently he used uh, M. Dollar to Dollar to finish his, which is like a prop. But me, people didn't hear this one line in the song where uh, Sagoda actually said, um, he, uh, what, uh, pathway to heaven, I paved that something. Uh, there's this manifest song that is called Shortcuts to Heaven. Mm. So, so this accordion line said, No shortcuts to heaven, I paved that path. Mm -hmm. So, basically, just trying to tell uh, the world or his listeners that uh, that manifest didn't have much to do with his no shortcuts, or he actually paved the path for him to uh, for, for, for that, song that song to grow that big because it's one of manifest's biggest songs ever. Mm. So, manifest actually took that, he didn't like it. And well, technically, most people or some people kind of believe that Manifest is even a better rapper than Sarkozy. It's a very, very uh, subjective opinion. And uh, so Manifest went into the studio 
he got himself rapping and he came out basically to tell Sarkodie that if you think you are God, what's a king? Uh, if you think you are a king in uh, Ghana rap, what's a king to a God MC? I'm the God okay. MC. So was it actually a diss song that manifest no. release? The manifest one was not a diss song. Okay. It was a rebuttal, okay. basically. Because right. he didn't diss uh, Sarkodie directly. In it. He didn't say anything that was... So that it's all very polite. That is where I will, I will disagree with. Okay. Sina, because... We know how Manifest comes out with his lyrics. Mm-hmm. When it comes to lyrics, he's one of Africa's best. Mm-hmm. So he's not going to go in a way that when you just listen to the music, you hear he's the censor for the But whatever was in the music showed Manifest was the censor yeah, but, but, but let's So it's kind of like coded. Even if it is coded, mm-hmm. even if it is coded, can you just tell one line? That is coded enough that you can say it's a direct this to Sarkodia. You see, the, the thing is, he just calls Sarkodia back on everything Sarkodia said. Because mm-hmm. here's the thing, you have claimed that you are the best. Somebody's telling you, chill, you are not the best. If you are the king, I'm the god. This is not a this. It's a rebuttal, basically. Now, Sarkodia, in the whole thing, I've been trying to get people to understand this. Sarkodia actually released the first diss track of this whole beef or feud or rap, whatever it is. Right. Because in his track, you can see a lot of things were not just, oh, okay, it's not like he's just replying uh, uh, manifest. He actually called him Onya Oh, Yeah. Don't say he that called word. him the B word. He said it. That was, that, that's a, an actual diss track, mm-hmm. which I feel like is not uh, worthy of Sarkodie. Uh, I feel like Sarkodie shouldn't have done that because then I've been saying that Sarkodie has been handling himself as the Jay Z of Ghana rap. I mean, most uh, young rappers have been taking shots at him several times, and he basically just doesn't reply them. Mm-hmm. Be- and you see, that's what you do when you f- when you know you're the best. Mm-hmm. But then you 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 only reply to people when you feel like they're actually coming for your throne. Okay. Or and when you feel like they can actually come for your throne. Because mm-hmm. no, in the song, in the song, he, he stated it himself that he likes uh, uh, manifest, manifest lyrics. Good, like manifest is that good. But if he is going to give up the crown. He's not it's going not to give to it him. to somebody like Manifest. You see, then again, it just shows that he's not being objective mm-hmm. in this point. It, 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 it makes it look like, okay, you know the guy is good. No, he's if you're supposed to give out the crown, the that's the whole he didn't point. state that you're not the best thing. Or he said, yeah, exactly. And that's implication too. I can also take from my point where he's trying to say that he's just scared of giving the crown to somebody who is better than him. No, he Manifest has created a certain kind of line for himself. He has a way that he raps. He has a kind so of... Somebody has a way that he, he raps. He has some kind of fans he raps. Okay, okay. But this one thing that goes on with Manifest fans. Whenever he says something and you do not agree with... You're him, a Manifest fan, right? I'm a, I'm a fan of both of them. Okay. He's a Sarkodie when, fan. When, no. For the purpose of this discussion, he's a Sarkodie fan. Okay. And you're okay. a Manifest fan. Kind of. No, I'm saying what yes. I hate about I'm Manifest looking fans. At how much money I can make out of all of <laughs> <laughs> What I hate about Manifest fans is when he says something and people do not agree with him, then they go to this line that you are not like... Um, intellectually capable to understand what nope, they're saying. Nope, nope, nope. We never they do that. that. We do that when you say you do not understand. You see, there's some, there's something uh, called non-fact. Basically, if you say a line that people do that not understand, that, like, that, that does not make sense. sense. Be, they call it non-fact. Yes. That one, but if you, if you say you do not agree with us, if you do understand the line and you do not agree, it's a different thing altogether. No, no. Yeah. That's what they will say. If you do not agree, they think you do not understand because the line. Because by your, your... But you see, that's the same way in a line... Okay, a line in Sarkodie's song, where he mentioned the whole do papa ben odi kaba pam, or the GTB pam kaba. We understood that. Okay. It's plain uh, a tree. 
So this yeah. all dropped on Monday, right? And now it's Friday. Are it people dropped on Sunday. Dropped on Sunday, okay. Yeah. So are people... Is it still that relevant? or? Oh, it is. Okay. On my WhatsApp pages, all of my WhatsApp okay, pages, so at least the whole of Monday, uh-huh. like, the messages were just coming in. Manifest fans versus um, South Korea fans. So this is what I have to say. As a sports fan, I think this is just like the line of Messi versus Cristiano Ronaldo thing. We can go on, sit here all day, and we will not come to a conclusion. Let's take it. We as have a, two great. As a current affairs person, I think this is just like Hillary Clinton versus Donald Trump, and I would think Sarkozy <laughs> is Donald Trump in this case. Okay. I think we should just appreciate them. They are good Ghanaian rappers. Yeah. They are taking Ghana. Mm. Okay, so I think we're done with this. <laughs> Know, okay. But the word is not. I know, I know. <laughs> you guys can continue <laughs> off on our air. Um, and obviously <laughs> look at Pulse because we've been covering this all week. And we'll just move on to news. Okay, in Kwame and sports this week, I think there's been quite a focus on the Olympic swim team. Yeah, swimming team for Ghana. That is the real 2016. Um, there is Ophelia Swain, the fastest um, Ghanaian swimmer. She's been tagged. Who who tweeted? that she wouldn't be making an appearance in Brazil this year. So fans started asking questions, okay, why? We know you are the fastest swimmer and all that. And she alleged that um, Maya Folson, uh, Kaya. Kaya. Kaya Folson's father had paid bribe for her to be replaced. So people started making inquiries and we found out that no, that wasn't the case. Mm-hmm. Actually, she didn't run for the uh, Kazan, which was supposed to qualify her to the Olympics. Mm-hmm. The girl actually did what she was supposed to do, and then the International Federation of Swimming recognized her. She is a Ghanaian, she's been um, swimming for Ghana, so. But she's based in Spain. She's based in Spain. Mm-hmm. She has a Ghanaian passport, which is expired at the moment, but she has already submitted her mm-hmm. application for renewal. Mm-hmm. So everything is in place for her, and that, like, her father didn't pay any mm-hmm. money to, to the. Ghana Swimming Association. So it was basically a case of sour grapes? Something like that. No, but, but you see, there, there are other parts to the uh, whole Ophelia issue that it's a bit murky. Because uh, Ophelia's sister Zenobia was speaking on the issue and then she made some uh, comments. Uh, the, the national coach of the swimming team runs a private uh, swimming club, mm. which they are also part of, the Ophelia and her sister, and then I think their younger brother. They are all part of his club. Uh, according to the sister, they got suspended from the private club one time because they couldn't. They spent too much time changing into their swimsuits. They spent more than ten minutes apparently changing their swimsuits. So he suspended them for that. And because of their suspension, they were not. Uh, that's what. This is not me. This is Zenobia. And she says because of the suspension, they were not alerted about the Kazan uh, events. Oh, okay. So they couldn't. So uh, Ophelia couldn't go and participate right. in the Kazan events. Okay. So Zenobia is trying to make it again seem like there were some deliberate attempts mm, to, to not inform you. them about okay. the Kazan event. And there'd also but been a big campaign, an online campaign, wasn't there, to raise funds for her to go to the yeah, Olympics that was in the first whole place? Point. That one came up earlier. She started like creating the awareness that she would need money. The association said they were just going to pay her um, air ticket. So she needed money, accommodation and whole lot of stuff. That's the whole, this comes into perspective. It was like she thought there was no other competition. There is this qualification rule that you have to meet an A limit. If you meet it, automatically you are gone. Mm. So if she met that A limit and then Kaya also met the A limit, they'll both be going. Okay. And then if not, there is a B limit. Mm. If 
the two of you pass the b limits one of you does the best should go and if none of you pass the a and b limits then there's the university rule mm. which means we are going to select the best from the country to represent because they are trying to make like every nation get a representative there mm. so that's the whole point so that university rule came in and then because um kaya had done all the official things she was supposed to do she was recognized by the international mm. um, swimming federation mm -hmm. so that's the whole point okay. so whether she was informed about the um, kazan, event. kazan events is another situation but here's the case even if she was informed there's someone who was looking for funding right. for the main olympics so it's it's a broad issue mm. but the whole point her mistake was accusing right. kaya's father mm. of paying bribes okay. for her to be replaced and that's the reason why she has been suspended okay. by the ghana um swimming association so as of now she has been suspended indefinitely mm -hmm. for those comments she has also accepted her fault she has apologized on her twitter page apologizing to um Kaya's father mm -hmm. and the entire family that she's sorry she, she shouldn't have handled it that way. Okay. But um, Kwame, you raised, uh, you made mention that she was Ghana's best swimmer. So now I said tagged as Ghana's best swimmer. Okay, best female swimmer or swimmer yeah. overall? Um, I think female, female, female swimmer. swimmer yeah. Because it, here's the whole thing. It depends on what exactly she's the best in. She could be the best in backstroke. I think there's butterfly stroke. Mm, there's freestyle. Yeah, uh, freestyle there there are different things. things. Mm. And then even with the tag of being Ghana's best swimmer, there is Kaya, who most of us didn't know about mm. until now. And then you get it. And then when this thing was going on on Twitter, there was a point raised. Usain Bolt is the fastest man on the planet at the moment mm -hmm. but i don't think jamaica are just going to say okay because he's the fastest man we are just taking you to the olympics he has to pass through the normal process mm. there are rules he has to run the runs he's yeah, supposed qualify. to run to qualify right. for okay. the olympics so i think, so, I think um, ophelia's mistake mm -hmm. was she was too complacent okay. she so probably she, she probably thought she was the only person mm. so if they if forced to the university right. rule she was going okay. for the olympics and so the olympics are in about a month now yeah, who else taking place in August. what other games will ghana be represented in um, boxing i think now we, we've qualified for the boxing and judo two two people for no no not judo okay. but the events are um like a few for Ghanaians. Even with the boxing, we, we qualified in South Africa, I think, a month ago. Mm -hmm. So, for now, we'll be representing in boxing and then swimming. But there are issues with the other ones. So, okay. we would have to know later. Okay. All right. Thank you very much. Okay, everyone. So, thanks very much for listening in. Hope you've enjoyed it. My name is Stacey Knott. And I've been joined with all my wonderful colleagues. So, thank you very much. And see you next week. Bye. See you Bye. next week.